swords and candle art to spark souls and charge souls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores and legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's ores. a grand theft of elk scrolls simon's quest the tone earl rock shoes to every clue keeps the exit gaming news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control nations Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A-Dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues. Download to it. Subscribe to it. Rate it. Review it. Head on over to Twitter. At my control issues is the handle and hop on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure. AMC, how you living? Living well, A dub. Uh yeah. This is uh it's been a crazy week. It's been like up and down, cold, hot. I don't know what the hell's going on with the weather here, but now it's it's, it's a little warm. <laughs> it's like uh, fine during the day, and then at <laughs> night it's sweltering. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't really know how to like dress anymore, but that means the summer's coming. How's your How's your week been? Uh, week has not been bad. You know, I'm I'm working on some professional improvements so a lot of my time is being spent studying re-reviewing taking practice tests and things like that so haven't had much time to game in fact have virtually had no time to game but i'm still sneaking in little takes here and there you know, gotta so do what, what i got to do so what have you been playing a day well not much of anything i mean i was neck deep in biomutant for a while before i decided to to take this next step in my professional career. However, I did decide to fire up No Man's Sky mm. because recently it received a new update called Prisms, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, th- this update, it just makes a pretty big visual improvement to the game. So as with any update to No Man's Sky, I wanted to see what that was all about, loaded it up, and I was just... I'm currently on a a frozen planet. There's blizzards and things going on. So it's really not that visual of an environment, especially once the blizzards kick up and your, your view is obstructed by just violent sideways snow and, you know, your visor icing along the sides Mm. (laughs) and your, your hazard protection rapidly running down. But from what I could see, whenever the storms cleared, it's, it's significantly different. It's, it almost looks like like damn near real. It's kind of amazing. Like there, there's better lighting. There's just the textures and everything look better. It just it's it man, it's it looks like the next gen version of itself. Like it got a substantial upgrade when the PS5 version of it came out, but with this new update, it's just like it doesn't even look like No Man's Sky to me anymore. That's how much better it looks. It looks like something completely different that's just space simulator. (laughs) As far as I'm concerned, this is just your general all-purpose space simulator. If you're into science fiction, if you're into space, if you're into spaceships, 
if you're into exploration and discovering, you know, exotic flora and fauna, this is the game you want to get into. Like this is, it looks like the kind of game where if you're watching a show like Black Mirror or something like that, it's it's the game that's become the most popular thing that just everyone does by default. And it's just like, yeah, this is, you know, it's like it's like if it's like Ready Player One kind of thing. Mm. Just, this is the thing. This is what we do. This is where we are. This is where we socialize. So, you know, it'd be awesome if No Man's Sky could see that kind of success and ubiquity. But, you know, for the time being, it's an even more awesome experience than it's ever been. And um, I'm looking forward to taking a little taste of it here and there because it's still very easily a pick up and play experience that you could take at your own pace, do what you please. Uh, but it's also something that you could sink a lot of time into. So for the time being, just a little bite-sized taste for me. But AMC, what have you been playing? Oh, AMC. I've been, I've been playing uh, two games. So there's the one, there's the big one I beat. I finally put it down, A-Dub. It happened after months of putting in work in that tactical turn base. I'm officially done with Thimblum. <laughs> fire emblem uh yeah this is um this is a big one i've been waiting i like hasn't even been talking about it just because it's pretty much been like you know the fourth quarter of the game just pushing towards the uh the climax and so there's not much there's not much developing as far as like anything new with the game it's just pushing through grinding out the end of it and yeah did everything beat the final boss um it was a tough battle as i mentioned in the pre-show to you i it was i I put an hour of preparation into just getting ready for that final encounter um and then uh and then i loaded up the map and you know got in there and just just cut my path all the way to the end that part wasn't too tough but then once i finally got to uh the final boss that shit was a tough battle um but i got control and you know put that put the boss down don't don't want to give any spoilers it's, you know it's a hard game to give spoilers to and i'll mention here because so i beat it and i got the ending i got i'm very happy with um i had mentioned in the past that while playing the game you you make decisions and you know in a lot of games they say like oh your decisions will determine the the outcome of the game like to have a unique experience and people then like they end up like reading about like all the different outcomes and they're like uh you know like my decisions didn't really seem to make a difference yada yada i will say uh in this game my decisions i feel like i could have played a completely different game and it's it's not often you can say that but i will say i was happy with the ending because uh when i first started making a couple of decisions and one of the big key decisions I wasn't sure if I chose the bad guys, which in games they're usually they usually go out of their way to let you know who's good and who's bad, so you can actively choose who's bad. This game, what I love about the fact that it is war, and that is the theme of the game, is just war. Um, that it's there's a lot of gray area because you you do end up fighting um, people who are your allies earlier in the game because they chose the other side. Yada, yada. There, there's the three factions and you, you can choose between one of the factions. And so you'll end up fighting against people you're friends with and they don't necessarily, necessarily, they're not bad guys now because they chose that side. They just aligned with that side. And so you're now wondering like, they're like, you're killing people to, to, to like, to basically like carry out your cause. And you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, like, 
this is kind of jacked up that I'm killing people to carry out this cause. And so it forces you to really consider it's like, well, is this cause that important? And as you get to the end of the game and based on the outcome, I do feel like the choice that I made, even with the um, some of the setbacks and, you know, some of the, the, the encounters that involve people that actually genuinely like liked his characters that uh, ended up with me like killing them. I was still okay with my choices. And I guess if anything that you can like tip your hat to the, uh, the writers of the game to create that kind of experience and to, you know, force you to have these type to force you to have those emotions while playing the game. Um, and so, yeah, I was very happy with the, the ending. Uh, the reason why I say that there's, a ton of content to go back for and that there are a ton of different storylines is that so what this game does really well is that um there's you know that extras option uh in like the main menu and there you can go and you can check out you know like clip you can usually check out like um you know like art from the game and yada yada, yada concept art but what they do really well in this one is that you can check out all the cutscenes, you can check out all the conversations you can check out um even like the the conversations between like your support characters as you're building their relationships, yada yada yada. Um, and while you're going through that, you also just see all these blank options that you never unlocked, um, which means that there were definitely different um, paths that you could have chosen to see different endings. And when I say there are different um, that there were like cutscenes that I missed, I want to say that there was maybe like. 30 cutscenes that I did not get, which means that um, based on which house I chose and then the choices within those houses as I'm pushing through the game could um, end up like producing all these different uh, outcomes. So just seeing that right there was enough to be like, holy shit, like, yeah, I can see why people talked about the replayability of this game and how you could put in like, you know, like um, 50 hours uh, into a playthrough. But if you really wanted to see all the sides, all the different outcomes, what's going on with these characters on um, in their storylines, yada, yada, it could be like 200 hours if you wanted to put into this one game. So, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, once again, yeah, um, to the developers of Fire Emblem Three Houses, I definitely got to say hats off to you. You completely killed it. And so with that, it uh, beat that, uh, what is it, uh, Saturday during the day by Saturday night. I was trying to decide, you know, I've been waiting to play uh, Fire, well, not Fire, um, Final Fantasy VII Remake mm. on the PlayStation 5, but they haven't put out that update because it doesn't drop until June 10th. So I have this, this limbo period. So it's part of me, I was like, oh, maybe I should play Division 2. But I decided, nah, I'm going to launch Hades. <laughs> yeah, I was feeling it, especially um after playing Fire Emblem, you know, a game that's tactical turn based. So there's a lot of decision making, there's a lot of story, blah blah blah. Um, I just thought it'd be awesome to just jump into a game of roguelike where I can just hop in and just you know just start whooping that ass. Um, and so yeah, I decided it was time, you know a game that was a lot of people's game of the years last year. Um, I haven't played a roguelike in a minute. So I've been watching plenty of a dubs experiences with roguelike. So I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. It's uh, it's time to just hop into like that space of gaming. And, you know, after all, like the, the comments about Returnal and blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, I just wanted to hop into a roguelike and just re remind myself why these games are so good from a yes. firsthand experience. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So launched the, loaded that up on the switch um started playing it and yeah it's awesome it's it's a completely different um 
a different frame of mind uh, or a different approach to a game because so when I'm sitting there and um, I'm playing like uh, roguelikes, I've seen this enough with like, you know, like, especially when I was watching you play uh curse of the gods, um, like you have your choices and in, in your, I guess, in your builds and sorry, killer's just like meowing in the background. <laughs> yes, he's already like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's crazy because usually like, you know, in games, like you're thinking about like, all right, like what stats do I want to build up as far as like attack, magic, blah, 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 uh, distance. But um, with it being a roguelike, there's all these other stats that are important, like survivability. And so like one of the first like choices, like I'm deciding is like, all right, health, I'm not getting any type of health flask to replenish my health, at least early on in the game. And so one of the like, one of the options is, can I build my attack or can I do this thing where every time I enter a new stage, I get a, a little bit of health returned. And so it's like, oh shit, like, okay, well, I think that's going to be important to me right now because I have no other way of replenishing my health. And the whole point is getting on a longer run so that I can get some more, um, you know, like currency to then spend after I die to then put like to reinvest into my character make him there stronger for that next one <laughs> exactly that, that efficiency yeah and so yeah with that like that's immediately one of the the great things about roguelikes is just it's just a different approach to um you know those those runs and then on top of that then the gameplay is just there it's absolutely awesome um don't have much to say there because it's everything you know about hades it's and just good roguelike experiences you can just put that right near the top as far as just the great like the great combat um so far i have two weapons you start out with a sword i unlocked a bow and arrow so you know i have the the up close melee versus the uh projectile combat and you can uh, you, um and you kind of just decide what your preference is and you choose it actually before you start your run so there's it's not like a thing where it's um uh in other like uh in other games uh you kind of just you just you just get like it's based on random and you just you get your weapon all right and this is the weapon i have for this run um and this one you actually get to choose before you start back up your run which weapon you want to take into that into that foray and so with that um i've tried out the two i'm kind of leaning towards the sword as of right now but who knows there's a there's other ones to unlock um and you get these keys and as you get the keys then you can then unlock the other weapons and so you build that up um so that that part has been fun what i will say what's kind of cool with this game is you know roguelikes they're kind of hit or miss when it comes to story this one does a pretty good job of putting in a story that also ties into the nature of the game, which is the runs. And without getting too much into it, it's basically you're you're in the underworld and you're trying to fight your way out of it. Uh, that's why it's called Hades. You know, Hades, the god of the of the underworld. Um, so you're in the underworld, and when you die, basically, it's like you. Um, you see Hades and he's very much like represented as um was it in uh Dragon Ball Z the, the homie what's his name like Ginma or whatever the the guy with the horns who's in the uh the underworld who Goku will go and talk to every yeah. now and then before he gets on his uh what the path to snake way yeah just uh, processing people <laughs> exactly and that's like literally what Hades is doing he has this mountain of paperwork that he has to go through and as you approach him he's like up oh, you're about to go on another one uh, as I said nobody gets out of here there's a there's a reason why it's so tough blah 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 
but then you you're you are getting help from the other gods to help you uh make your way out of there so there's a lot of good um a lot of great dialogue when you're in the underworld that's all the dialogue is basically when you die as you get out you know you have the dude that's talking shit like ah like this guy killed you uh well you should know that like he has this type of attack and blah 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 so they, they are they are putting you on game as they're talking shit to you to prepare you for you know the next run and then there's just uh there's also i guess you can renovate like your the um i guess the palace or whatever as you go through the runs like when you get your currency when you come back you can then buy stuff to you know change up the palace you have a room there in the palace so i believe that you can also upgrade that as well because you ain't going nowhere <laughs> yeah so they they've done a pretty good job of um uh adding in a sense of progression within a game that you know involves a lot of dying <laughs> um so yeah I, I can already see like all the things that like um people i guess you know and, you know, I haven't played Returnal, so I'm not going to do that whole comparison thing. But as far as the, the positives that people said Hades does really well, I will say that that's all there. And on top of that, just great gameplay, which you can expect from most of these roguelike experiences. So, um, yeah, it's it's already incredible. And I can't wait to I only put in a few hours. I think I did uh, maybe three or four runs. Uh, so there's still a ton left in there. But um, of the runs I did, yeah, the, uh, I can automatically say, like, I can definitely say I completely understand all the positivity that was like thrown at this game going into, you know, getting voted as game of the year by many outlets. Yeah, it's immediately apparent. Yeah, so I, I can't wait for you to get it on the uh, PlayStation. And who knows, maybe if you that know, game. Hey, is... Barring if the rumors are true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if that game gets a, like, somehow, uh, that game gets some type of PS5, like, upgrade, then that's definitely, like, something that I would even consider, like, repurchasing down the line if the game yeah. is that good. That, that double dip? You gonna triple dip on GTA? Or you, didn't, <laughs> you didn't double dip like I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I didn't double dip on GTA, but I, I completely understand it, especially for that first-person perspective, just to see what that was all about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, let's get right into it, A-Dub, because we're going to try to keep it short this week. Let's get into these topics of the week. Top topics of the week lead off a dubs i've been running my mouth for a little bit leading off this is building on an older story from last week horizon forbidden west we saw that debuted we got some information that we could glean from the gameplay video now the developers of guerrilla games are going a little further in depth to clear up some misconceptions provide some additional detail let people know exactly what it is that we're getting into when they join aloy in the forbidden west roaming that bay area that yay area <laughs> <laughs> so first and foremost they wanted to talk about free climbing so they mentioned it in the demo and what they showed you know granted it was a it was a very it was a vertical slice it was a very constrained segment they showed that when you activate the focus it highlights the ledges and aloys climbing the ledges running from the velociraptor type enemies so uh there was a bit of a chatter online about people saying well it's it's not really free climbing because you're you're still just going down this predetermined path and it's just like the last game it just has more ledges to trying to give you the illusion <laughs> <laughs> because because you know they make the game but whatever so first thing they wanted to say about this was we hand annotated lots of the rocks in the cliffs and the mountain sides but at some point we changed that to an automatic system that just detects if there is a latch somewhere in the geometry so now the entire world 
everything is automatically annotated. That means you can climb anywhere. Uh, this is when you go into towns and, you know, areas where, you know, there wouldn't be combat or things like that, then of course, inside the settlements, there's not going to be as much climbing. But when you go in the open world, you can climb anywhere. I think, uh, let me see, a quote from the developer. I think some people think that you have to use the focus to be able to climb, but that's not true. This is just for light, for low light conditions, to be able to highlight the ledges so that you can actually see them better. But the player could climb anyway without having to highlight anything. So in case you don't pick up on the developer language of them annotating things and such like that, basically there are ledges and things that Aloy can grab onto, can climb onto throughout the entire world of Horizon Forbidden West. And you don't have to use your focus to highlight those items in order to make them climbable. If you wanted to, you could just go up, jump against the wall or jump to something that looks like it's climbable. And if it is climbable, she'll grab onto it. You will begin to climb. It is a free climbing system. Stop you belly bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next point that they touched on was that it's going to be a bigger world, but it's also going to be a more varied one. A uh, quote from the developer says, the map is a little bigger, but in general, we've really looked at increasing the density and adding more content, making sure there's a lot more to do for the player across the map, and then making that content also engaging by telling little micro stories. So hoping that we're going to get some environmental storytelling, some data logs, you know, following, following through certain paths and things, unlocking stuff and just finding greater details about the area. This gives me extended hope for some West Coast hip hop references. I'm going to be looking for that Mac Dre mural somewhere that Aloy uncovers <laughs> in the ruins of San Francisco. In the villain, and I'm feeling myself. <laughs> uh, continuing on, the developer says there's the tribal world. There's the world of the machines, and then there's our world, our world being the world that was left in ruin that, you know, all these other worlds uh, sprung forth from. Uh, we really try to make sure there's exploration throughout the open world related to all three, and also that we're deepening the and evolving the story of all three. Aloy is venturing into a mysterious and dangerous frontier, that's what the Forbidden West is. And we wanted to make sure that there is always a mystery for her to unravel and always more for her to explore. Exploration is the theme of the game and that even extends to the underwater portions. So these aren't there just as, you know, uh, a shallow additional little ability of stealth and traversal, you're going to be able to explore underwater. Aloy has a rebreather, so she can stay underwater for as long as she wishes. And Gorilla has paid just as much attention to the underwater world as they have paid to the world that's above the water. So you're not just going to be going in there to sneak past enemies or to like find a collectible here and there. There's going to be exploration and things that you can find that are interesting. Uh, they said it wasn't just enough that you could swim around underwater. We wanted to do some things that are really surprising and interesting. I think there's some of the story stuff comes in and we just absolutely can't wait for players to see what they're going to experience. So they're being a little tight lipped on it. They did mention or confirm that there is stealth kelp. So not only do we have murder grass, murder grass on the, on the surface, we got murder seaweed. <laughs> Murder underwater. kelp, yeah, yeah. <laughs> murder kelp that, that underwater murder grass. 
And then another point they touched on was the human combat. Uh, some of you know who have played Horizon AMC, you don't know because you just ain't up on it. Uh, the human combat was not necessarily a highlight of the game. It was very basic and very undeveloped. Some might say like it's it, it didn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> it was just there to to service certain sections. Uh, with Horizon Forbidden West, we saw the gameplay where Aloy is definitely much sharper and aggressive in combat. Uh, we heard remarks about the trailer where she's going to be having combos that have different effects. She's going to have capabilities that allow her to interrupt enemy attacks and do little special things that give her the advantage. Uh, continuing on about that, Guerrilla Games says we've added armor on the enemies. You see this after Aloy has taken down one of those raiders and she runs towards the next one. She starts meleeing and hitting him. Several plates light up on them, and this is armor that can be knocked off. So you expose more vulnerable parts as well that you can then shoot at. So they also mentioned that enemies are going to be more aggressive and couple that with the various combos that Aloy is going to have. And you've got a recipe for a game with a much more robust melee combat system with the humans. Hopefully this satisfies the gripes people had with the original uh, AMC, how do you feel about all this new information so far? It sounds like all great uh, additions to the game um, and and notes that the developer took from the first game. Uh, I, I, I'm glad that they're making these changes. I'll say with the, the first thing you said with the, um, the climbing, uh, I just hope that they're not taking too much of the negative criticism. Uh, and by negative criticism, I'm, I'm saying the comparisons that people are making to zelda breath of the wild because you know when the, when these two games came out it was like well horizon yada, yada, and then uh, zelda breath of the wild did this but horizon didn't do that and so you see like you see <laughs> as these, if they're the same game but whatever it, exactly <laughs> and so you see these these gripes about the climbing and i know like in zelda it was this thing that like it was a big deal that like, you can climb on literally anything and so I almost see the people saying like, well, they're, they're trying to do this, but like, it's not really yada, yada, yada. And then them saying like, no, 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 this is exactly it. It's almost like they took those criticisms in the, in the comparisons between this and Zelda. And they're like, all right, so now we got to add climbing in here so that, so that that's on par now. And you even saw it too, with like how she has the glider in Zelda, you had the, um, you had the glider with the, uh, the parachute things so that you can glide from one point to another. And we saw with, uh, with Aloy, she jumps off of like uh, a platform and then she starts gliding with that energy glider. Mm. This is clearly like something we've seen in other games, but this is clearly something that was in Zelda that they were like, all right, we're going to put this now in Horizon. Um, and so I just hope that these are all those, those are great additions. I just hope that they're not getting too caught up in the feedback of comparisons and then trying to do a one-to-one -one thing so that those people can shut up. Basically. I like, I want, I want this to be like its own game, but, Regardless, the fact that they're adding these in, I still think will benefit the game. So, oh, well. Um, I do like the idea that they're making the game more dense. This is something that we saw with the, um, you know, the growth of or like the growth and popularity of open world games. And just this idea of like the maps are bigger, the maps are getting bigger and people are like, oh, hell yeah. And then they just you kind of hit a point of diminishing returns where it's like, all right, the maps are bigger. And then 
you saw like with uh, was it Red Dead Redemption Two, where people were just like, "Oh, I'm spending too much time traveling now. Uh, they're not taking they're not taking into account my time. They're not valuing my time." time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so now developers are you know taking that note and which is a good like note in that like it's not about the bigger maps, it's about the density of the maps and having more to do. And so they're now like, "All right, well, instead of making the map." bigger necessarily let's make it more dense and let's have it so you can go underwater and there's stuff to go in there and so it kind of adds like a level of verticality to the game as opposed to just sprawling um and so with that like i think that you'll probably have more encounters which is also awesome because then i mean you'll always have something to do in the game as opposed to just making your way from one point to another there's stuff that'll come along that might be more interesting um as far as like possibly side quest content or just a reason to explore as you're making your way um i guess towards the west i'm not sure what's going on here um but yeah based on everything i'm hearing uh uh it, it seems to be all great as i said uh or as you mentioned didn't play the first game so the combat stuff um kind of you know doesn't really resonate with me as much because i don't have the experience in the first game but um from Maybe outside that's for the better yeah <laughs> but from an outside perspective you know i i assume that this was a, a more of a bow and arrow style of game and so the fact that they are putting a little bit more emphasis into the melee it just uh gives it a little more uh it diversifies the combat so it's not as samey so i'll say that that is also good as well so it seems that this isn't going to be as much of a you know what was it that yeah, all these old references, but you know, you go back to Bioshock, you have Bioshock 2, and people are like, oh, it feels like Bioshock 1.5. This does feel like a leap forward in the game as opposed to, you know, more of the same with just um, pushing the narrative a little bit more. It does seem like if you played this one and then you go back to the first one, it is going to be a different experience enough that you're like, oh shit, like this was definitely an improvement from the first game as opposed to, you know, just something that where the narrative evolved with Aloy. So yeah, um, I think that they're making all the right decisions for this game um, outside of, you know, the the bullshit with the uh, this being a cross-gen game. Seems like they're doing uh, enough to push the narrative forward. So I think- He's trying to start trolling a week already. No, we're not there yet, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how do you feel about this stuff as coming from a person that experienced the first game and now is looking forward to the second one? How, what do you think about these advancements? They're saying all the right stuff. They're doing all the right things. And now just reading all of the more detailed information, having seen the trailer, I can start to put together my personal image of what the game might be. I mean, these aren't expectations. These aren't things I'm going to expect that the game must do or it's a failure. No, this is just trying to wrap my head around what I'm possibly going to be experiencing once Forbidden West releases, hopefully sometime this year. That's what they're shooting for. If they need more time, they need more time. That's just the way it is. But yeah, man, it's, it's all I mean, the underwater and exploring that, that's going to be an added dimension because now you're not, water just isn't going to be just a static visual element. It's something that like, oh, there's a body of water there. Let me go in there, see what's down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's just another opportunity to explore. It's a change of pace because you're going to be swimming instead of running. Um, sure, there might be some kind of combat. There's definitely going to be stealth involved with moving underwater. I'm curious as to what kind of exploration and secrets that they're gonna hide under there. Uh, with the added density of the map, I'm hoping for greater verticality, uh, knowing that 
the ex- it's an exploration heavy game. I'm looking forward to the kinds of, you know, rewards and secrets and little nuggets of information that I can find if I'm intrepid enough to explore every nook and cranny. Just knowing that if I go in a place, there's going to be something there. That's always a very fulfilling experience for any game that's exploration oriented. I've played quite a few games that have great exploration, but there's no reward at the end of that trail. It's just like, all right, I made it to this ledge. It looks like it should obviously have something here and there's nothing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst feeling so yeah man i'm looking forward to that melee combat system if it's robust enough and visual and just aesthetically pleasing in a visual manner enough then i see myself harassing the hell out of human enemies all the time so yeah man I, it looks like it's going to be not only just a, a worthy sequel to the original but something that exceeds the scope of the original in a similar vein as perhaps Uncharted 2 to Uncharted 1 or Infamous 2 to Infamous 1. So hopefully this is this is Guerrilla Games' leap that they're going to make between sequels as well. And speaking of leaps, got a little additional information for you guys out there. You mm-hmm. know, this is this is information more oriented toward the quote-unquote leap from the PS4 version to the PS5 version, uh, IGN, Matt Perslow, just reporting on what the differences between the last gen and the current gen versions are going to be. Uh, let me see. So they spoke to the game director over at Guerrilla, Matthias Dijon, and they're saying that uh, a lot of development has taken place on PS4, which makes total sense because what do you think they've been doing since 2017? Uh, A lot of place testing has been done on PS4. Uh, We are ensuring that owners of that console have a great experience and the game will look fantastic on that console. For PlayStation 5, we can go much further, of course. Visually, we can add a lot more detail. Graphically, the rendering technique for the underwater scenes is special for the PS5. It has extra details and extra systems like the wave technique is better on that system. Uh, The lighting on Aloy on PS5 has much more definition. We use a special cinematic lighting rig that on the PS4 is only used in cutscenes because the game's not running and we have more processing power in those scenes. But with the PS5, we have plenty of processing power so we can have the lighting rig always available so she always looks great with that lighting setup traveling with her anywhere. Uh, Let me see, there was uh, the Twitter account Nibble put out a tweet, revealed that the PlayStation 5 version supports a 60 frames per second performance mode. It's unclear what sacrifices will be made to achieve that, but based on Sony's other games, it's likely to be reduced resolution in the absence of hardware intensive lighting effects. We'll just have to see what happens as we get closer to release because you know a, a lot of the complaints and criticisms and demands that gamers have been putting on Horizon Forbidden West it, have been just handily debunked, defeated. So I think it's time for people to just sit back and let Guerrilla show and prove instead of trying to tell them what they will or won't do with this title. Uh, another note, the PS5 version of Forbidden West will make the most of 3D audio in the DualSense controller. As previously revealed, the adaptive triggers will simulate the resistance of a bowstring. It's pretty dope. So then that probably means that when you get the different bows, they have different resistances. You can simulate that pulling back Launch that motherfucker right in the eye and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be nice getting critical hits with that bow. I, just, ah, I can't wait. 
Can't wait. So pumped. But let's get into our next topic of the week. Top topic, topic of, of the, the week. week. Uh, you know, I will do a quick hit a dub. Um, we got Nintendo officially announced their E3 uh, details. So, oh, yeah, Nintendo has announced that it will be hosting a roughly 40 minute E3 2021 Nintendo Direct on June 15th, 2021. I believe that's a Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, uh, 12 a.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. I guess British Standard Time. Uh, that's all the information we know, but 40 minutes, um, uh, it'll be, yeah, in the form of direct. We know the directs have been pretty solid as of late. Um, you know, there's obviously all this speculation of uh, what we want to see uh, versus what we need to see. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously the uh, the rumors of a Switch Pro, uh, people have asked. They need to show it or it's a failure. Yeah, uh, I know. There's the, the one that people feel like they need to see. Definitely, I, I want to just know what the details are with uh, either Metroid, uh, whatever Metroid 4 is going to be, or Metroid Prime, um, that trilogy. Uh, hopefully, they'll do that, like a remaster. Oh. That'd be awesome. Oh. Uh, and then there's Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. I know people are excited for that. So there's, there's many ways that they could go with this conference. But um, the one thing you don't want to do is definitely say something about metroid or a game that we don't end up hearing about for another five years so if they're showing us something show us some gameplay and um let us know that it will be coming in a timely manner um i know for from your perspective you've mentioned in the past that your consideration of the switch is uh, a price drop or do you have any interest in getting a switch pro are you more interested in getting that price drop to make it you know more of a value for something to have especially adding a third console in your life <laughs> well much much like how i consider the switch light is that i don't consider it at all i'm not gonna spend my money on on a lesser product than i could possibly attain so if the price cut for a switch comes at the introduction of a switch pro then i'm just going to be looking at the switch pro the switch is no longer an option for me as great as it is, as incredible as the library is, as much as everybody loves it, as rampantly as it's selling around the globe, if they bring out a better Switch, I'm going to want the better Switch. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see. You know, if if they bring it out at the same price as as the Switch, like if it's 300 bucks, then I might be more persuaded to pull the trigger because I'd be getting a better product for the same money that I would have spent on the switch as it is so i mean we'll see it's it's up to nintendo you know they're they're running a business i respect their business i revere and honor their creativity they put out some of the best games on the planet and they've done an excellent job this generation so you know i have no ill feelings i don't i don't second guess their decision making it's just you know we haven't come together on where they are versus where I want to be with their products. So, you know, just waiting to see. Sweet. Well, let's get into the next topic of the week. To topic of the week. What you got? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we just going to get right into it. Troll of the week. Troll of the week. Troll of the week. Yeah, we'll get right into it because the, the story that's at the focus of this week's troll of the week. It, it isn't a terribly major story. <laughs> it's a bit of a quick hit. We got some new God of War news. 
we, we heard that Horizon Forbidden West, they're shooting for a holiday 2021 release date. Hopefully they can keep that, fingers crossed. But they also mentioned that God of War 2 has not only been delayed to 2022, much to the expectations of many on the internet, but it's also coming to PS4. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 so the trolls are out in full force going nuts. First troll says, remember when Sony fanboys were trashing on Microsoft for delaying Halo to improve it? Don't see that same energy here. Apparently delays are okay now. What happened to Sony wanting to move forward? No surprise. Sony fanboys are okay with games being cross-gen now too. <laughs> uh, but oh, yeah, I mean, some people they've been talking a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people, like this next person, say that the only difference I see in cross gen strategies, one of them was honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is a remark based on what Microsoft has said about their cross gen strategy was that we're, we're probably not going to see any series family of console exclusive games for the first two or three years of their life cycle on the system. Until then, we're gonna see games that are playable on the broader Xbox family of consoles, which is perfectly fine. You know, games don't just fall out of the sky. But what I don't understand is how people thought that Sony was just gonna make games fall out of the sky. <laughs> mm. and, but that's based on the continued misinterpretation of the we believe in generations comment, which Sony is never going to be able to escape because people have decided what they wanted that to mean and refuse to accept that for what it does mean. Whatever. Yeah. I think, I think a big part of it too, is just like they're a business. And so you think about it, like, and that's now that Microsoft's idea was the whole idea was is that we want to get these games into the hands of as many people as possible. You think about it, PS4, the greatest selling console generation until I'm assuming the PS5 eventually passes it. And so and you know, still have, behind the PS2 at this point. Okay, yeah. Uh, so what we have like what like 100 million people who own PS4s at this point? They just get no games. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you're basically just saying fuck 100 million people. On top of that, too, you have this whole uh, su- supply constraint due to the, the the pandemic, and so you don't have as many people with PS5s in their hands, and so you're just gonna basically put this game out to a smaller community of people because they were promised a certain thing and they have expectations like no you're gonna you're gonna go with the business decision and that's gonna be to maximize your profits and so if it's if cross gen's gonna be that choice at least for the first couple years then that's gonna be the choice but yeah you know people have already decided that you know this was the big selling point of the ps5 was console exclusive ps5 games and you're not getting at that now. <laughs> yeah. So Nextro says, I get the feeling there are a few folks in here that hate Sony more than they like their Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> Them trolls with the hate boners. Uh-huh. Nextro says, so much for we believe in generations. <laughs> so right there, that's just exactly what we're talking about. And it's funny to me that people hold on to the we believe in generations portion of that interview and they completely disregard, like, I forget if it was the previous or the next sentence where he said, you know, uh, PS4, there's a 100 million install base. That's, that's a pretty significant market segment that we still need to service with great games. We're still going to support that, which they've been doing. You know what else they've been doing while they've been supporting PS4? They've been supporting PS5. We got Returnal. 
Ratchet comes out next week. There are PS5 exclusives. There are generations. There is a divide. But there's also cross-gen stuff. Everybody can still enjoy a certain core experience, while some people who are already in the current gen can enjoy new stuff almost immediately. So, yeah, people just, they cherry-picking. I don't understand it, man. Next troll says, delay station added yet again. I guess it's better than putting out live service games or canceling them like Halo Infinite or Scale Down. I forget the rest. <laughs> <laughs> bring it up all shit. <laughs> yeah, bring it up Scale Down. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, y'all, y'all forgot when y'all was canceling the games. <laughs> <laughs> when your games didn't exist. Next show says, play has no limits. Unless, of course, you have to make games and still play on PS4. Now, I take issue with this kind of comment because this is knocking on the being held back by last gen kind of stuff. And I I think we talked about it in the pre-show where it's like, well, let's let's break down what's really being proposed here. Would you prefer at the beginning of a new console generation that a developer, A, use all of their skill and know-how on the last gen console that they've been developing for close to a decade to make the best possible game they can make or try to figure out a new console and try to make a game that takes advantage of its hardware at the very outset of the generation in the first year of the console being on the market. I don't know about you guys at home. I don't know about you, AMC. Personally, I would prefer the late cycle PS4 game with enhancements for the new console to an early PS5 game that doesn't even fully take advantage of the hardware resources that are on the table. I would rather them use that time enhancing the PS4 game for PS5 to learn better of not only how much they can stretch their legs, but in what directions and what will be possible on a game that they can develop later. We saw something similar with Naughty Dog when they remastered The Last of Us for the PlayStation 4. And it was that work in bringing that game up to PS4 standards that allowed them to put even more know-how and ingenuity into the development of Uncharted 4, Lost Legacy, and ultimately The Last of Us 2. AMC, how do you feel? Yeah, I mean, uh, I completely agree. Uh, Just like building on that point or piggybacking on it, like I felt like, I, and I can't think of any games uh, that come to mind. Maybe because it's all like rumors, but you know, I've been seeing like headlines recently in the rumor mill of like games that like are now saying that they're gonna be developed on Unreal Engine Five. The thing is, we're just hearing about that, yeah. which means that these games, like this is this is next gen or I guess now current gen hardware that they're just starting to like jump on and try to figure out how to develop games on with so a brand like, new engine yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> hasn't even that hasn't even settled into what it's going to be in a few years yeah like we're just seeing demos of it and so yeah you think about it, it's like all this stuff is now just coming into play for the developers to now kind of tinker with and figure out how to develop their games on for next gen and so with that like the idea that they've just been for the past five years working on next gen consoles on the ps5 to create their games just isn't realistic and so it it does make more sense that these developers would have been had would have taken a cross-gen approach until you know just the landscape was a little more set up for them to have an idea of what they can work with and how they can maximize 
you know, those assets. And so, yeah, um, it makes total sense. I know it's like, you know, people aren't going to have a realistic approach to these things because they had their expectations. Yeah. But when you kind of based start on to, their misinterpretations of things that they wanted to hear. Yeah. But when you start to like kind of see how things really line up, this actually makes more sense uh, from a ba- from a perspective of reality. <laughs> and, and at the same token, it's like, let's not pretend that the PS4 isn't a capable piece of hardware, even to this day. It's like if developers are able to achieve their vision on the PS4, then I don't really see the problem. It's not like, it's not like developers are complaining. They're <laughs> sitting there saying like, oh, you know, if we had just taken an extra year and did PS5, we could have done so much more. It's like people are expecting mechanics and advancements that developers don't even know they could do yet. <laughs> like they're still learning this hardware. Yeah, new, new games don't fall out the sky. <laughs> Yeah, the other thing I would say too, and this is not to knock it, but you know, Returnal, Returnal, PS5 exclusive, but yet when you see like, if we went through our top 10 list, all those roguelikes were developed on old hardware, <laughs> and yet they're they're considered the top 10 of roguelike games that were made. So it wasn't like having a console, having a PS5 exclusive roguelike game suddenly just blew out every other roguelike that was made in the past. And so this idea that, well, now that it's, a game that's made cross-gen can't be good now by comparison to a uh, PS5 exclusive game. Uh, it, like that right there just shows that the comparisons don't really line up exactly. Yeah, seriously. Next troll says, I guess all my console buying effort will be able to go towards getting the Super Switch since I no longer have any reason or desire to get a PS5. That Super Switch? <laughs> Super Switch. <laughs> Super Switch. I hope that's what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> Super Super Switch NES. <laughs> yeah, like it looks like a Super Nintendo. <laughs> oh, God, I'd buy that day one. <laughs> so so let me get this straight. You, you won't buy a PS5 because it plays primarily PS4 games, cross-gen games. The games you want are cross-gen. Yet you'll get a Super Switch, which in its name alone implies that it's just a better Switch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's an odd one. Next show says, well, my hype has gone down quite a bit now knowing the PS4 can handle the game. No big epic set pieces and boss battles now. Because the last God of War didn't have epic set pieces and boss battles. Is that what's going on? PS4 is not capable of doing things that it has done time and again? That's weird. I don't know with these trolls. Next one and the last one says, greatness awaits for another year or so. <laughs> um, for another year or so. <laughs> that was a nice little dig. I'll give you yeah. points on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, just a bunch of belly bitching. Just like, come on now. First of all, you're trying to use this generation's comment completely out of context. You're only using that comment and none of the comments around it. You're trying to say the PS4 is suddenly not a capable piece of hardware and you expect brand new innovations to just materialize within months of a new console hitting the market, which I would love you to point me to any console generation outside of N64 where that has happened. Because, I mean, we're not changing the amount of dimensions that we're utilizing in a video game. We're not substantially changing the fundamental ways in which a game is designed. We're getting more hardware to run better games, faster, with greater stability. So. 
what else are we going to get but better versions of stuff that we've already been getting? Uh, AMC, you got your words. Yeah, I was like, stop expecting the PS5 to to do your homework, to pick your kids up from school. <laughs> to, to resurrect Jesus. Yeah, like they, the expectations that they're putting on the PS5 to where they expect it to take games as opposed to the PS4 generation. Like, as you said, like, stop discounting the PS4 generation because it was a great generation. And yeah. still is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, stop, stop putting these these high lofty expectations on the ps5 to do things that you've never seen before in gaming yes we do expect it to take it to the next level but this idea that games will will never compare to what they will be now like you're just setting yourself up to have that conversation where you're like where's console generation ever mm. blah, blah, blah. that's basically what this <laughs> is all building toward yeah. yeah. Whatever, man. Y'all can take a hike with that. Troll of the week. 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 Troll of the you know, threats and abusive language being directed at Alana Pierce, who now works at Sony Santa Monica's. People were starting to blame her for the delay in the PS4. To because which, she, like, because she's a woman. Like, yeah. Is that why? Because she's one. Because she's an outsider. <laughs> yeah, she, she's enemy, enemy to progress, enemy, enemy to games, enemy to greatest. <laughs> but uh, Corey Barlock got involved and was like, "Look, it it's fine if you're mad, if you're angry, but." I'm the one that called the shots. I made the decisions. Trolls, Sigrun, PS4, PS5, cross-gen, the delay, that was all me. So it's not even a Sony thing. It's not even a Jim Ryan thing. It's 100% not an Alana Pierce thing. It's a Corey Barlock thing. He made the call to do what he thought was best for the game. So direct all your hate and derision toward him, and then y'all can, y'all can sever that in the streets. <laughs> All right, let's do um, you know, let's do one one more story and we'll call it a day. Uh, do you have one that you've been waiting to hit on? Uh, well, there was the No Man's Sky update for Prisms. Yes. I mean, I can lightly touch on all the elements that happen here. I mean, it's a, it's a big visual overhaul. There's a lot of things going on. They've got screen space reflections, so there's a not only are there surfaces that are more reflective, but they put these reflective surfaces all over the game. It's immediately noticeable from the moment you pick it up. Everything just has more dimension and depth to it. They've increased the amount of detail that they can display on the surfaces and textures of objects. You got volumetric lighting, you've got God rays, Todd Howard is proud. They've uh, improved the hyperdrive warp effects. Animals have fur now. Uh, they even went in and overhauled the generation system for the underground caves. Uh, it was something that rubbed me the wrong way for several years with No Man's Sky. It's just that no matter what planet you went on and how varied they were above ground, below ground, they were largely all the same. This update uh, makes caves and subterranean biomes even more alien and exotic. Fungus and flora glows with new atmospheric lighting effects and environments are more detailed and more diverse. Uh, Parallax occlusion mapping, that's what's gonna help with the additional detail. You can ride flying pets, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the meteorological occurrences now come with some rewards. So if you see thunderstorms or, or meteors hitting the ground, there's a chance that those are going to create, you know, valuable resources. So 
if you endeavor to endure the harsh conditions of a planet, there's some reward involved there. Glass is going to refract. Uh, they've modified the appearance of the user interface when you're when you're you know doing your character customizations. And they've even improved the night sky where you're gonna see tremendous amounts of stars all over the place when you're looking up from the surface of the planet and when you're looking out of the cockpit of your spaceship. Uh, they've improved photo mode. Man, it's just, it, it just rolls on. They've added more detail, like there's extra planetary detail. It's, oh man, No Man's Sky, it just keeps getting better. It's, it's just something much bigger and much greater than it was when it launched oh so long ago. So I think we need to look at it for what it is and not what it was. I mean, they even have it to the point where rain is reflecting light and things get wet as it rains and then it dries off. So this is a substantial improvement to an already substantially improved experience. AMC, I highly recommend that you get back into it. Yeah, I think we're going to have to get a bigger billboard. You know, instead of just a billboard, you know how like on Sunset where they just paint the side of a building? Yeah. <laughs> they, should just, they should just do that now for Hello Games. Like a thank you painted on the side of a skyscraper. <laughs> thank you for, for your continued effort <laughs> and ongoing work in making your game even greater than it could have ever been in anyone's mind. Yeah. Any uh, final words, Adel, before we get out of here? Uh, Dark Horse is starting a games division to turn their comics into AAA games. We talked about No Man's Sky. And other than that, you know, just try to stay cool. Summer's coming around the corner. Things are opening back up. Get your goddamn vaccine so we can all be safe out there. <laughs> I gotta reiterate it. I'm not trying to be political. I'm not trying to insult people. Just get the goddamn vaccine. Let's get back outside. Let's get back to work. Let's, you know, let's not go back to the way things were. Let's go towards something great. AMC? Yeah, health is now political, apparently. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, this is Control Issues. I am the a And this is We are Control